following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Switched on me. Yeah, I did. I've kind of been in a Tom Petty mood all week. So I wanted to kind of get in some of those deep cuts that I've yeah. enjoyed from him. And kind of, kind of been thinking about him since it's been two years that he passed away. Has it been two years? Yeah. Wow. I, I told somebody the other day, I said, I pretty much listen to Tom Petty every day as if it was the first day I'd ever heard him. Just because I enjoyed literally his whole career. Yeah. And everything that he did. So I'm just going to kind of share some of my favorites today. Welcome, Mike Johnson, to the show. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Beautiful fall morning. Yeah, it is. Really is. Feels great out there. Finally, we got fall. Nice and cold. (laughs) The Dow is up after the September jobs report helped ease recession fears. Here's what that means for the Fed. So... It was an interesting week. Um, there were the, the week started off. I guess it was uh, Wednesday. Um, there were some uh, numbers that came out. It was manufacturing numbers on Wednesday, and they were you know, lower uh, than expected. It showed that uh, there was a contraction, and you had a big sell-off in the market. Uh, market was worried of you know recession slowdown. Uh, then Wednesday, the, you know, they or uh, Thursday. Uh, some more numbers came out and spooked it some more. Uh, but mm-hmm. Thursday, you had a big drop of about 1% uh, midday, and then it actually closed up a little bit for the day or right. kind of flat. Um, but then yesterday had the job numbers come out. And you really could, from a, from the market standpoint, you couldn't have asked for, <coughs> excuse me, for a better numbers uh, report because the market had priced in uh, about 145,000 jobs added. Uh, that, that was the expectation. It came in at 136,000 jobs. Um, and in, in this weird world we live in now, you always have to go back to what will the Fed's reaction be. So let's say the job numbers came in at 160,000. The market may have had a negative reaction to that, even though it was a sign of strength. But yeah. the market would have reacted as, hey, the Fed won't cut rates. Right. Um, and if it came in at 110,000, way under, it would have freaked the market out. And so right at 136, that was right in the ballpark. Perfect. You couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, and the market, uh, the S&P closed up yesterday 1.4%, and the Dow actually closed up about 1.4%. Um, but you had just some details on the numbers. So, uh, 136,000 jobs added, um, and the interesting thing, the unemployment rate actually fell, uh, I believe, from 3.7 to 3.5%. And then if you look at wage growth, uh, wage growth slowed in September, um, but they still rose, uh, looking back for a 12-month period, they rose two, uh, 2.9% for the 12-month period ended in September, and that's down from 3.2% in August and 3.4% in February. So it's still growing, um, but it's 
slowing. Right. Slowing growth. Um, and then if you look at the average weekly earnings, uh, those also grew uh, 2.6%. But again, it was uh, a slower growth. But it was it was a very positive uh, jobs report, um, from especially from the market's perspective. Um, so the slower earnings growth, um, that indicates that, you know, it tamps down worries for rising inflation, which gives the Fed more ability to cut rates, which they're projecting, I have the number here, uh, it's about an 80% uh, chance is what the market's pricing in uh, that they're going to cut rates. Uh, hang on, I've got that number. Yeah, uh, 80% probability on Friday of another rate cut this month. That's down from 90% on Thursday, but up from 50% one week ago. Right. So market's pricing in a rate. One more rate cut. One more rate cut this month. As if that made any difference. Right. And it's all of this stuff, it's it's headlines. Yeah. You know, the, the market absolutely reacts to it. Um, in the short run. How does um, that translate into the way we manage money at Dupree Financial Group for our clients, you know, yeah. in, in in dividend-paying stocks? Give a prime example. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, we've you know, new clients that have come in. Uh, we've been slowly allocating their portfolio. Right. Wednesday and Thursday, we were buying. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it, the market reacts based on trading, short term yeah. trading. We're long term investors. Yep. Value. Um, you know, what are the fundamentals of the companies? And when we're looking at these things, um, we absolutely look at it and study it. Um, but always go back to the question how does it affect the companies? Um, that that our clients own, and uh, we were using it as an opportunity to to buy. You know, right? Especially with new clients, uh, clients that had uh, some cash in the accounts, it was an opportunity to to add to some things. So we've used it opportunistically, right? Uh, you know, the same thing uh, last year um, when the market had a big drop, we were doing the same thing. Um, it, it's it's interesting. Um, all the headlines that are coming out now, you know, you, you obviously you have the political side of things. Sure. Um, we've always told our clients that we don't invest based on politics. Right. And we don't. We all have our political views and opinions, but we don't invest based on that because that's not a good long-term no. investment strategy. Um, and a lot of our – some of our clients, a lot of them, have some of the same political views. Uh, some don't. Um, but it's interesting when rewind a few years and some people were worried about the political environment and they were concerned coming in, talking to us, you know, what are we going to do in this kind of political environment? Go into an index annuity. <laughs> not what we do. No, absolutely not. Um, but, but now, um, because of things that are going on politically, we have clients coming in, hey, you know, what are we, they're concerned about what's going on right. politically. And from a political standpoint, I, I can, you know, sympathize with them, but still even on agreeing with them politically, still have to take a step back and say, don't make a, a, a decision based on the political the political views because it'll skew you one way or another right it, it's 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 purely emotional it is and politics does not match up with uh the business of business uh the reason why you invest to begin with which is to uh invest in pieces of businesses right and the market prices those pieces of business businesses um accordingly to what the whims of the moment are mm -hmm. that's why on the last couple of days we when the market was down we were able to buy things more cheaply and politics can fan the flames of insanity in the markets. Absolutely. You look at 
one one company in the portfolio that we have. It's a hundred and fifty year old insurance company. You, you Zurich. Look, Zurich. Uh, you look at the political, um, economic, all the things that have happened over the life of that company. Right. They've been able to endure. Uh, yeah. Because they're good company. They take they take care of business. You know, yep. the business of doing business, like you said. It's they Zurich Insurance shows up in the u.s as farmers right uh yes yes uh-huh they, they do um kind of the the back off i don't know that they own farmers but they do kind of the back office stuff for farmers yeah but yeah i mean it's it's a great company you know yeah. i mean but the been around a long time long time uh 150 years 150 years yeah illinois tool works you know they've raised their dividend every single year for over 50 years yeah. um, and neither one of these are recommendations but they are things that we have in our clients portfolios um but it's when we were buying earlier this week we're not buying assuming we're going to get an immediate price appreciation back to where it was you know a couple days ago right um over time we believe that'll happen but we can see you know we're able to buy a company that has a, a yield because the price went down its yield is now higher we can get a better yield on the income on the dividend right. for our clients there you go stay with us you are listening to the tom dupree show it's news radio 630 wlap Real stories. Impeachment inquiry. Whistleblower. Joe Biden and his son. Attack on Saudi oil fields. Happening in real time. Credible and urgent. It's a real deal. This is real life. A lot of things are happening. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Your retirement investment portfolio is too important to be managed by a one-size-fits-all menu of mutual funds or annuities at the other end of an 800 number or a website. Dupree Financial Group is local, right here on Main Street in Lexington. We specialize in individually managed, not mass-produced investment accounts. If you have a 401k or IRA, we can handle the rollover for you and generally have your money ready to invest within 10 to 12 business days. We design an individual account just for you, our client. Once your plan is implemented, we try to meet with you twice a year to review your plan and make changes if needed. This ensures that any concerns or questions you may have about your money are answered in a timely fashion. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free review and be sure to listen to Tom Dupree on the weekends at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. little tom petty boogie yeah that's one of his uh earlier tracks uh i think from the late 70s from the album hard promises one of those obscure deep cuts that i like I've, I've never heard this one yeah it's called night watchman it, it's one of my favorite from him it's kind of one of those head bobs for young savers facing subpar returns think long term what's up with that this ties in perfectly what we're just talking about. Um, you have to think long-term. Don't think like a trader. Don't think like the market thinks. Um, given where we are, uh, in, you know, basically record highs, you know, in the, on the indices. Um, this is a, a Wall Street Journal article. Um, uh, stocks have been volatile this past quarter. Both are pricey by historic measures. That makes it hard for savers, particularly millennials, just starting to build nest eggs to set long-term expectations. Um, no one knows uh, what will happen in the future. Um, so when you're starting out making contributions, um, you look at it and say, well, my goodness, you know, the market's up, you know, whatever it is, you know, in the last – 10 years, right. you know, how am I going to make money doing this? Um, think long-term. Um, you're that, that perspective is 
first off, thinking in terms of averages, um, the S&P and the Dow, you know, hitting basically all-time highs, well, that's an average. Both of those are indexes. Those are averages. If you look at specific companies, uh, a lot of those are quite attractive right now uh, from a valuation standpoint. So you have to not think in terms of averages and come up with a plan and stick to it. Um, you know, the first thing when you're starting out, devise a long-term savings plan and stick with it. Um, this was uh, interesting. We've talked about, you know, the, the time value money compounding, but if you think of it in terms of percentages, it, it's a little easier to digest. Um, so let's say they use an example of a 25 year old that's earning a hundred thousand dollars and expects to work until age 65. Um, assuming this person invests 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds, we'll touch on that in a second. If somebody's 25, you probably don't need to be allocated that way. Um, but if you delay, so to meet roughly to replace your income, you'd have to start putting back about 9% of your money. Right. If you wait until 30, you're going to have to put back 12% of your money. If you wait until 35, you have to put back 17% of your earnings. Which nobody's going to do. Right. Uh, it's hard to do. Uh, but if the person, and this, this gets to where we are currently in the market, if the uh, person encounters subpar investment returns, um, four and a half percent a year after inflation, um, the first two decades of his or her career, then that nine percent becomes eleven percent, the twelve percent becomes fifteen percent, and seventeen percent becomes twenty one percent because of how much money they've got to put back. Right, because the returns is a lower rate of compounding, but. Um, Really, in the long run, it you, you always have this mean reversion. So even let's say that the returns revert to historic norms after ten years, you're going to be fine. You know, you you just have to stick with the program, so to speak. Um, so the biggest thing is to start investing. You know, put money back. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Philip was talking about, uh, uh, social security, you know, in some detail, you know, millennials, it'll be there in some form or fashion, but you know, it might not replace what it replaces today. Right. Um, now this is the, the crux of the thing that we work on for our clients. Cause on average, you know, our clientele is, you know, closer to retirement age. Um, so when you're looking at, the averages where they are now. Um, the first couple years of retirement, uh, the if you had a big drop in the market, it has a bigger long-term impact. Uh, if you're invested for growth and you're combining that with a withdrawal, it's a sequence of return uh, risk that we talked about last week. Um, but the the biggest thing, if you're going into retirement. Again, don't think in terms of averages. Yeah. Um, if you do, you're thinking like everybody else. And when you think like everybody else in investing, it, it's subpar and you just ebb and flow with emotions and just do whatever the market does. Right. Um, so look at you know the specifics on, on the companies. That's why we look for companies that pay dividends because if you did have a big drop in the market – we don't want our clients to have to sell their shares during that volatile period. Um, but back to that uh, on millennials that are setting up their investment strategy, you've got to have long-term growth. If you have 40% of your portfolio in bonds, that's more than likely. Right, this especially is, at these interest rates. At these interest rates, I mean, you're looking at 1%. Um, and you've, you've got to have more growth than that right? to, to compound it. Um, think of your job uh, as kind of your bond allocation. You know, if you're 30, right. 35 years old, point. if you're 35 years old, you've got a lot of earning years. That's your bond yep. because that's where your contributions are coming from. Um, if you're retired, then you actually – that's why we build in a bond component of the portfolio because – if there's a buying opportunity, we want to have something dry powder to take yep. advantage of it. But if you're contributing to the portfolio, 
that's your dry powder. Yep. Um, so you should have, and again, this is, you know, we can talk to you one-on-one, but in general, most millennials should have 90 to a hundred percent of their portfolio in stocks or, you know, equities. Um, so it's, there's, there's three reactions, um, that, somebody could have actually more but according to the article there's three reactions uh one is if you have a 20 percent drop uh in a a market you'll have three reactions one is you might think this is awful i can't live with it and what that's telling you is you might need to reduce your stock exposure yeah because you're you're gonna be inclined to sell at the wrong time the second one is this is awful but i'm gonna hang on which means you're probably allocated about right um, and the third one is, this is wonderful. Stocks are cheap. And in that case, you're probably going to be adding stocks. Yeah, That's typically the, if you've, if you've done your research on the companies, that third category is where we typically fall. Yeah. Um, if, if you have a lot of negativity in the market, that's when you get opportunities to buy good companies at good prices. Right. Um, one of the things that we see is um, sticker shock. People look at uh, where things are, and they they have uh, an aversion to buying in because they think the market's too expensive. Also, the same thing with bonds, because they think interest rates are too low, which means the price is too high. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we say to people about that? You got, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's a good question. No. Um, I stumped you. you. You look at what you own. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to know what's in the portfolio. Right. Um, if, if you're looking at. Tell them about where some of the things that we own aren't as high as the market. Sure. Because they're actually trading closer to their lows than, than their highs. You look at something like ABB. Uh, which is a Swiss company. They do a lot of robotics. Um, from a valuation standpoint, um, it's it's attractive. Um, right. AT&T, even though it's had a big run, uh, from a valuation standpoint, it still looks you know attractive. Yeah. So a lot of these companies that are growing their earnings, um, they're trading at lower than average multiples of the market, and they're growing their earnings. So a forward PE looks even more attractive. Um, it, it, to, to your point, Tom, um, that's, I made a point. <laughs> this is, you know, it's timing the market. People are, like you said, sticker shock and they're trying to time when they make these changes. If you had, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this stat when we come back, it'll take just a minute. I'll throw this when we come back. Okay, good. Stay with us. <clears throat> Keep in mind, you can always learn more about Dupree financial group at DupreeFinancial.com. Look at our Facebook page. Come in and make an appointment with us. Two three three zero four hundred. Stay with us. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio six thirty WLAP. Hi, Doug Flynn for J and H Outdoors, Central Kentucky's outdoor headquarters, announcing new fall arrivals from the North Face, Patagonia, Cool, Merrill, and Keene. Come to J and H for great holiday gift ideas. See the all new fall and winter gear while the selection is at its best. So hurry on in. J&H Outdoor Store, just off Nicholasville Road on Moore Drive. Turn between Raising Canes and Wendy's. J&H Outdoor Store. Hi, I'm Kyle Macy. Recently, I had my hearing checked at Autobell Hearing Aid Center. I learned that scientific studies have proven that if hearing loss goes untreated, a condition called auditory deprivation occurs. The longer your hearing loss goes untreated, the more likely it is that your brain will actually forget how to hear. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Autobell today for a free hearing evaluation. Call 859-559-0555 or check out Autobell online at centralkyautobell.com. 
By every measure, Satter College consistently delivers on its earned reputation as Kentucky's best school and among the top educational values in the nation. With 97% of Satter graduates employed or in advanced study within a year of earning their diploma, Center students soon realize the value of their four-year degree, taking on the world with a global perspective, career-ready preparation, and the potential for extraordinary success. It's their guarantee to each student, backed by the Center commitment. Visit center.edu to learn more. Pompeo says the State Department was working at the direction of President Trump when diplomats tried to develop a relationship with the new government of Ukraine. That was my guidance all along, was the guidance that um, I, I took on board uh, as we were thinking about all the various components of that relationship. You saw Ambassador Volker uh, work diligently to try and create that opportunity. House Democrats requesting documents related to Ukraine from the White House. The White House refusing to hand them over, so the House has issued subpoenas for them. Secretary of State Pompeo says his department will work to deliver the documents requested from it. Anti-government protests mostly quiet in Hong Kong following a night of violence. Around-the-clock curfew listed in Baghdad after anti-government protests there. Prince Harry suing two British tabloids, saying they hacked his phone and intercepted his private voicemail messages. His wife, the Duchess of Sussex, also suing over the publication of a private letter she had written to her estranged father. Sherry Preston, ABC News. Here through the overnight hours, we're going to be tracking some cool and a bit chilly conditions out there. Temperatures falling into the lower 50s by Saturday morning. Some of you could be even seeing the upper 40s. A nice cool start to the morning. And then by the afternoon, it's going to be another beautiful day. We're tracking highs back into the mid to upper 70s, even some lower, lower 80s with a mix of sun and clouds. Some of KYT, meteorologist Adam Bernstein, for News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation, this is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-226-1818. That's 800-226-1818. 800-226-1818 or go to selectquote.com since 1985 we shop you save get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states help lexington.com presents the world's worst boss the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse we'll just call him dave diane word around the office is you're thinking about quitting dave i'm sorry you had to find out from someone else i got it's really hard to find great employees like you so i'd like to make you a counter offer dave why are you pulling up your shirt what is that it's a tattoo of your face on my lower back so what do you say diane don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at helpwantedlexington.com. Local jobs that work. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Financial scams targeting the elderly are rising. Advisors offer precautions. Scams that target the elderly, whether by phone, computer, or in person, succeed to the tune of billions of dollars a year but fear and shame often keep victims from seeking the help that their grown children could provide experts say this is a article in barons by steve garmhausen this is something we talk with our clients and we had we did a, a, a lunch and learn um several months back you know on this topic um you know this is something it's so important to have a relationship with your advisor um, to, you know, and have this open dialogue, you know, about things that are happening. You know, if, if you're getting calls on scams, this is mind boggling. So uh, let's see, as studies have shown that as we, we, as we age, we become less skeptical and more impulsive. 
Um, the, the scammers know that and, uh, scammers relieve elderly Americans of as much as an estimated 36 and a half billion dollars a year, 36 and a half billion dollars goes to these scams. And the, the article is a Barron's article and it gives one example, real, real world example. Uh, a few years back, a client's parents fell for a story uh, that their grandson had been arrested and needed bail money. Uh, over multiple phone calls, the scammer discouraged the elderly couple from notifying the grandson's parents, supposedly to spare him their uh, retribution. Um, they were surprised they fell victim. They gave uh, two payments a thousand dollars and then fifteen hundred dollars before they finally caught on to this um so finally they you know called their kids and you know found out that it it was a scam um but there were two uh things there's pressure and there's this uh secretive nature behind it and it's it's in that generation um they're they were conditioned differently right uh you know to be polite on the phone you know if somebody calls you're not gonna talk over them and these these scammers they come you know high pressure and you know hey you know grandma grandpa you know i'm I'm, i need need this money now send it to me now and they talk over and there's this sense of urgency and secrecy and uh, a lot of times unfortunately you know people don't push back on this um So there's a couple ways to kind of diffuse this. One, um, you know, have an open dialogue with your advisor and have an open dialogue with your family. You know, kids, grandkids, you know, if if somebody's been contacting you, let them know uh, and have that dialogue. It's something that's real hard for people to do. Um, You know, it's because you're – you're saying, hey, I need your help to help me watch for this. Um, but what you're doing, you're protecting uh, your money. You're protecting you know, a legacy that you might leave to kids, grandkids. Um, so you're helping other people by letting people help you. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's just it's amazing. Um, I know uh, uh, Heather Clary with BBB, when she, you know, came and she was talking about uh, the phone scams and the email scams, you know, hey, uh, email or buy, go buy a uh, prepaid card, send it to us, and uh, all all these things. I know my grandparents were solicited something similar to this phone call, you know, yeah. something like that. Um, and they, you know, called me and said, hey, are you okay? And yeah, I'm fine. Why? Oh, um, they said you were in trouble? Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 they're they're doing this all the time, um, and uh, you just have to be very mindful. Um, be aware of your finances. You have to be aware. Money is something you just have to be aware of. Things you have to be aware of what you're invested in. You know, aware of what's going on on the investment side. Aware of what other people are trying to do with your money. Um, you just have to be mindful um, and be prudent about it right and be transparent and open yeah um, one thing on the before we took the break last time one point I wanted to add onto that um, we're talking about uh, sticker shock where the market is now trying to time the market get in get out um, I want to throw this out there uh, this is a, a study that was done Um Let's say you invested $1,000 in the S&P 500 index on January 1st of 1970. Today, you would have right at $139,000 that 1000 would be worth. But if you missed the 15 best trading days, you'd only have $52,000. Yeah, so if you were trying to time the market and were out of the market on those days... Yep. You're in trouble. And that's only, I mean, just think of that in perspective. You know, from 1970 through yesterday or through the 1st of 2019, 15 days yep. cost you um, basically, you know, $70,000. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And 
it's so easy to do to try to time the market, you know, because it's emotional. It's it's driven by headlines. It's driven by politics. And it, it's so easy to get caught up in those things. Yep. And you get inside your own head and you convince yourself that this is the way to go. Right. Even if you're right, when you sell something, coming back in at the right time, I mean, it, to do it consistently is basically impossible. If you do it one or two times, it might be luck. Um, but you have to be right, and you said this, Tom, you have to be right twice. That's right. When you try to time the market. That's right. And that's we get that question a lot from uh, people coming in to see us. Uh, it's it's interesting when when clients have been with us for a long time, they kind of they know uh, you know kind of how we react on in markets. But when we're sitting with somebody that's a prospect, they say, "How how do you deal with a down market? Uh, what, what how do you react to that? You know what." Uh, protocols you have in place, you know, insurance, if you will, you know, for the portfolio. Well, you know, we, we, we don't put these limit orders in, we don't do options because you're more likely to shoot yourself in the foot Yep. when you do something like that. Uh, if you have a limit in and you have a flash crash, the share price drops below that limit price, boom, you, you sell your stock, you're out of it. And then it comes back up and we've seen that, you know, a number of times in the last couple of years, you know, these computerized, uh, high speed trading, it just yeah. boom, 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 goes down. And if you had a limit order in to sell, you're out and then boom, 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 comes right back up, right back. And what you've done, you've sold at the, at a lower price. That's right. So our, our reaction to down market is, First off, dig dig into the research again. Go back, revisit our thesis on a on an investment. If that still stands, possibly add more. Mutual fund ratings are often based on a decade's results. That's too short. The most recent decade hasn't had a bear market for large cap funds. This is a Wall Street Journal article, um, and most people are familiar with Morningstar or Morningstar ratings. You know, they say this is a four-star fund or a five-star fund. Now, we use Morningstar to calculate on our clients' specific accounts, not not an average. This is on your account, yeah. um, what the performance has been. We show dividends, interest, um, you know, net uh, returns to you, the client. So we use Morningstar, but – we don't use it in the sense of the research side. We, we look at research, but first, we don't use funds. Um, so uh, we don't just go based on uh, fund stars. But a lot of people do, um, and that's risky. So over the last decade, um, you've not had a big drop in the market. You've had, on average, uh, lower volatility. Um Modern finance theory, um, modern portfolio theory, it defines volatility as risk. That's that's the, the the basis of it. You know, risk equal or volatility equals risk. Um, not necessarily so, but this is how uh, a big portion of the Morningstar rating is determined. Mm-hmm. It's called the Sharp Ratio, um, and essentially, what the Sharp Ratio does it it answers how much return are you getting for each measure of volatility? Right. So in theory, you want a higher sharp ratio, which means you're getting more return for the volatility that you're enduring. Um, the problem um, is that you've had, you know, a fairly calm market. You know, you've had an up market for over a decade. Um, the, let's see. The S&P 500 is returned... annualized for the decade through May of 19. That's 66% more than the 8.4% if you go back 15 years. Right. So you've first you've had higher than long-term average returns, but then you look at the measure of volatility. You look at standard deviation uh, is one way to look at uh, volatility. Um, 
standard deviation of index returns uh, has been 12.59 for the decade and 13.74% for the 15-year period. That seems those are pretty close to each other. But if you go back to 1970, average volatility has been 18%. Right. So even going back 15 years, it's still below average volatility in the market. Now, let's take that one step further and look at the sharp ratio. Um, for 15 years, um, the sharp ratio has been 0. 0.56. Um, but over the past decade, the index is around double the long-term average at 1.05. Now, what that means, <clears throat> over the last decade, the sharp ratio has been 1.05%. So you've been getting double the return per unit of volatility than you have long-term on average. It's been a good market in which to invest. Right. So when these star ratings on mutual funds, when they're calculating this, they're looking at that data. It's a short-term time frame. Right. Um, you have to be very, very careful by doing that because naturally what that does, it makes you chase performance you're chasing your it's encouraging you to to buy what's been the best performer that's right and most of the time that's what you don't want to do right let's take a break there stay with us you're listening to the tom dupree show it's news radio 630 wlap Real stories. Impeachment inquiry. Whistleblower. Joe Biden and his son. The attack on Saudi oil fields. Happening in real time. Credible and urgent. It's a real deal. This is real life. A lot of things are happening. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. What does a good financial advisor do? Perhaps it comes down to asking the right questions instead of having all the answers. For instance, should I take Social Security now or later? Am I really ready to retire? Is my money invested properly to pay me an income during retirement? These are a few of the questions that might come up in your discussion with a financial advisor. Good questions are what a financial advisor may be able to help you with. You will come up with the answers on your own. If you're not sure about some of these things and need a sounding board, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a complimentary appointment. Also, you can listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. It's time to worry about some corporate bonds again. Remember when everyone was worried about corporate bonds at the height of last year's panic? Investors pulled their money out of the most indebted corners of debt markets. In response to that pressure, U.S. companies started planning to reduce their debt levels. Markets have changed a lot since then. Corporate borrowing costs have declined sharply this year with the 10-year Treasury yield, a key Benchmark for borrowing costs falling from 1.6%, falling to 1.6% from 2.7%. Because of that, management seems no longer preoccupied with slimming down corporate balance sheets. Companies sold $167 billion worth of bonds in September, the third highest monthly volume on record. So there's. There's a lot of triple B rated bonds right now. Yeah, uh, triple B is uh, investment grade bonds. Um, but put this in perspective, you know, right now, triple B's make up more than half of the investment grade bond market. Uh, it's actually about sixty percent uh, if you exclude banks. Um, they add up to more than three trillion dollars of bonds. Um, you look at the entire 
high-yield bond market, which is anything under triple B, um, that's only $1.2 trillion. So the triple Bs are $3 trillion. High-yield is only $1.2 trillion. Uh, wow. there, there's a lot of triple Bs right on kind of the verge of high yield. Being double B. Being double B. Um, there's a lot of ramifications to this, um, but one that I think can potentially impact investors most is because, and this is something we, you know, talk to prospects so much about, you know, when we're looking at existing portfolios, most people for a, for a high yield bond position, a junk bond position, they have a high yield bond fund. Right. Um, if you have a lot, if, let's say we get into a recession or uh, a, a time of volatility and some of these triple B's are downgraded to junk, well, uh, the investment-grade bond funds can't own the triple B right. anymore. They have to sell them. They have to sell them. And so now you have an oversupply of junk bonds, high-yield bonds, and you're, you're, the fund, by its nature, you're going to have a big drop in the price on average of the bonds in that fund. Um, and plus, on an investment-grade fund, uh, if you have a corporate bond fund, investment grade you think well it's it's safe it's you know it's not going to do anything it's just going to kind of plug along well if some of those bonds get downgraded to junk what's that bond fund have to do it has to sell those bonds at inevitably a lower price because they've been downgraded and it's going to be selling into weakness Um, and that's exactly what you don't want to do ever is sell into weakness you want to be able to buy into weakness you sell into strength right um, and it's, it's yet to be seen how this will play out. Um, but there's just so much debt out there just right on the, right on the cusp. You know, if, if some of these companies do have a, a slight slowdown, um, then you could have their, their debt downgraded, yep. which would be a, you know, tough pill to swallow. Yeah. If you, especially if you own it, um, I would clarify this by saying we don't really own any corporate bonds at this point. Right. But it does <clears throat> it does uh, affect how company stocks are traded. Uh, if their bonds get downgraded, then there's a chance that their stock is not doing as well also. That's right. Exactly right. Um, and the reason we don't own many corporate bonds right now is because you look at the yield and the risk that you're taking to get that small yield doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get uh, a higher yield on some on dividends of stocks that have been punished uh, in terms of price. Right. You can get a, especially in Europe where the difference between stock dividend yields and bond yields is really big. Yeah, uh, much higher than the U.S. Um, so European companies, uh, and there are sectors in the U.S. that are attractive, um, pipelines, um, you know, a number of things, some industrials that are attractive. Um, that the the from a price perspective and from a business perspective, they're attractive. And you look at the risk you take there versus the risk you're taking buying, you know, a, a premium bond that's questionable. Well, you could have you know severe price movements in a bond yep. as well. Now, if you hold it to maturity and, and it, they pay off, you get your principal back. But how far out are you going? You know, in terms of what's what's the how long until maturity? What's the rate that you're getting on it? Uh, so you, when you factor all those things in, a lot of times right now it's not making sense. Yeah. And then you find something that does have a really attractive yield. There might be some problems with it that's right um but it's 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 always something that we're looking at um you know we're we're looking you know all over the place you know trying to find value and, and value that pays dividends right exactly because you know we don't know what's going to happen in the next six months um but more than likely I thought we did <laughs> you might i don't yeah. Uh, but 
more than likely the companies that we own, they're going to be paying their dividends. Let's talk a little bit about what somebody goes through when they come in to see us at Dupree Financial Group, just kind of the process of how they, how we qualify them and yeah. talk to them about their... The first thing we do is get a basis of where they're coming from, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, look at their overall financial picture, you know, uh, look at debts, other income sources, pensions. Um, so we're, we're getting... Uh, a cash flow analysis, basically, right. like you would with when you're if you're analyzing a, a stock, you're right. looking at the cash flow, um, then their their personal needs, and then we look at the assets that they have, and then what they're looking to generate. Are they looking for uh, a monthly income? Are they going to reinvest the dividends for compounding? Um, but we analyze what they currently have. Um, and then we present to them alternatives if that's in their best interest. Right. As a fiduciary, we're required to act in our client's best interest, not in our own. Right. And uh, that means that we present to them ideas that we believe will be prudent, profitable ideas for our clients that uh, make sense for them. Right. And then after they have all the information, they make the decision. It's not a high pressure, uh, uh, meeting. It's not a high pressure sell. There's nothing like that, uh, because we're not selling anything other than our service. We had a guy in the office yesterday who told us after doing significant amounts of research, how highly recommended we were. Mm-hmm. So we, I take, I was especially uh, impressed with that and feel like it's an important distinction about the pre-financial group. Right. And then after uh, someone decides they want to work with us, um, we get, we handle the transfer, uh, the rollover, whatever it may be, we handle all that. Um, And then we reallocate the portfolio per the proposal to them. And then we meet with them regularly if you've been thinking about calling us please give us a call at 233-0400 check us out on facebook we educate guide and empower our clients we act as a candid and diligent guide been listening to the tom dupree show give us a call news radio 630 wlap